I'm Matt Brownell. And I'm Van Owens. And I'm Tim Adams. Welcome to Climbing the Mountain, where we dive into the scriptures and discuss themes, connections, and real-life application. We're kicking off a series here where we're going to examine the Sermon on the Mount and discuss implications for this teaching for Christians today. All right, we're back talking about prayer. We're in Matthew 7, verses 7 through 12. We've looked at how we can ask, seek, and knock. God wants us to be persistent in prayer and and trust who he is as our Heavenly Father who loves us. And we talked a little bit last time about the stones and snakes that we could be grasping after that that God withholds from us because God only gives us good gifts. And uh, the deception that Satan uh, puts before us is one that uh, that gets us to stop trusting the goodness of God. Um, let's let's read the scripture again, and then we're going to jump in uh, right there about some of the other things that we bring in prayer before God. Tim? Yep. Matthew 7. Uh, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Thanks. So we've been talking about prayer and our experience of God in prayer. Uh, and we've talked about how uh, he wants us to, to come before him just as we are. We can bring anything to him as, our, uh, as a child of God. And we also talked a little bit about how the spirit is involved in that process and helps bring things to light that that should be brought to light and um, reminds us of the word and 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 even there's a process where uh, we can find some of our desires even changing or turning um, or fanning into flame if they're they're in line with God's will already. But why don't we let's take a moment and just talk about our experience of of God in prayer? How do you hear God in prayer? Hmm. How's that been? So I'll admit that prayer for me is a struggle. It's been a struggle my whole Christian life. Um, but I think that the what, what prayer does for me, when I'm persevering in it, when I'm pushing it, pushing through the barriers that I've sort of built up for myself or that have been built for me, um, Matt, you were talking in a previous conversation about when you pray, you sort of put everything out there on the table. Mm. And um, and then when it's all out there, it's in the light. It becomes clearer to you what in that is wrong, what's sinful, mm-hmm. what's backward, what is valuable, what sh- you should take, and that that is the spirit talking to me when that happens. That is the spirit Mm. communicating to me. And I always think about, there's a story in the book of 1 Kings about um, Elijah. Elijah just had a big victory against the the prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth and thought he was done. Thought 
Israel's going to turn back. Mm-hmm. Everything right. is cool. Yeah. And then he hears that Jezebel has is has issued a warrant for his arrest. Oops. She's going to execute him. Not not turning out the way. And it says he was afraid and he ran for his life. He ran. He tried to get away. He wanted to. He prayed to God that he would die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, God, God sent an angel to feed him. And then there's a big scene where God says, "Go stand outside. The Lord's about to pass by," which is something you don't want to hear. <laughs> but then there was a storm and an earthquake, and it said there was a storm. God wasn't in the storm. There was a fire. God wasn't in the fire. There was a hurricane force wind. God wasn't in the wind. Then there was a gentle whisper. Elijah knew that was mm. God. And then um, he pours out his heart again to God. And God's response was always interesting to me. God said, go back. Go back the way you came. Do what you know you're supposed to do. In other words, do what you know is right. Do what you already know is right. And I think when I am persevering in prayer, that's what always, what I always come back to is I know what the scriptures say. I know what the I know what the Bible says about sometimes about this exact issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that the Bible says that. I'll go back and read it and I'll say, doggone it, it does say it that. It still says that. It still <laughs> says it. And or sometimes I'll go back to a passage that I thought I had down and I'll say, oh, that's what that means. This is what that means. And that all comes about through prayer. It doesn't come just from reading. Yeah. It doesn't come just from memorizing the scripture. Prayer is integral to that process. I love the the Elijah example because those those three, they're like symbols of judgment. And then where does God appear in the the still small voice? Right. That uh is so not judging. Mm-hmm. It's like, let me meet you where you are and take care of you. Right. I love you. Um, I think that, oh, we all have um, periods of suffering that we mm-hmm. endure. And I think that during one of them, someone gave me a book by Philip Yancey actually called Disappointment with God. Mm-hmm. And I was not having a good time at the time. And they shared this one book with me. And I don't remember a lot about it, except the at the time when I read it, it felt revolutionary because it, it just helped me see, I, I can just tell God whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can say, I can be, he already knows. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have to like put on a show for God in prayer. Right. I, I'm depressed. I need to tell him how I actually feel, or I'm, I feel faithless. I don't have to pretend like I have faith when I'm praying to him. He knows how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that for me was a huge weight off when I'm, I'm not happy. I don't have to feel like I am in prayer before I talk to God. He, he meets me where I am. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think the other thing about this passage, which reminds me of that, is that it, he's saying, you, even though you're evil, know how to give ghosts. He's in the context of saying, yeah, you guys are evil. No, I still want you to talk to me. I want you to be persistent in prayer. What a, like, when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That, and how much more now will he not also give everything? And I think that, um, 
there are so many the things that comfort me now in the Bible are different than they than some of the things that comforted me before, mm-hmm. and and stories like Elijah or Job or Habakkuk's another good one. I love that little tiny book, uh, but there's there's stuff in there where Habakkuk is saying things that are like. I mean, Habakkuk one twelve says something like, uh, you know, I, I thought you cared, or aren't mm-hmm. you good? It's it's almost like he's insulting God, but he's not turning away from God, and he's still he's still wrestling in prayer with God. And by the end of that little book, I we get this picture of of you know things things were bad, and then they got a lot worse, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but God had this ultimate big picture in mind mm. for for ultimate good for all people. But in his despair, what I love about Habakkuk is that he found joy in God. When there, you get this picture of total total desolation, economic, political, everything, and yet he 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 says something like, uh, "I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my mm. Savior," and. I think that's the difference between being happy and 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 joyful is that even in sadness you can find joy mm-hmm. when you connect with God, and that's maybe one of the most amazing things about prayer. Some of the the, the most memorable prayers for me were times when I was not doing well and I, I cried and poured out my heart and and yeah. felt God's presence. Yeah, the idea of joy in hard times is so counterintuitive to the way the world is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even Paul, like when he's imprisoned, you know, he has joy. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? How do you have joy in that situation? <laughs> it's like only through God. Right. Um, yeah. It's really, it's amazing. Um, I think one, that is such a, that's such an important thing to remember though, is that you need to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's not necessarily the way I want to ask for things, but I think it's super important to know where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like God's God's working on your heart when you give him everything, the truth, mm-hmm. not not your imagination of what you want your life to be necessarily, but the reality of what it is. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily the way I want to pray about what I actually want or need because I know that where I'm at at that exact moment necessarily isn't where i want to be mm-hmm. so like there's a rich history in the bible about lament mm-hmm. uh and i think that we can kind of glance over that in prayer but i it's super important yeah. to give even when you're you're having a hard struggle or there's something serious going on it it's a rich part of the bible is mm. is just being honest with god and wrestling with him yeah mm-hmm. and uh i think you don't need to feel bad about that. Even if you want to structure your prayers more to pray for things that you you think God really wants in your life, I mean, give him everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of Psalms that start off terrible and then mm-hmm. find faith, but then there's also Psalms that just stay, like what Psalm 88 ends, darkness is my only friend. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're not going to be in the same mind to really think about, <laughs> well, what should I be praying for? You know, like at that point, right. you're just going to rant yeah but and i love <laughs> like, the holy spirit okay. left that psalm in there like no sometimes you you just uh, yeah. are miserable you don't end on the up right yeah. 
Yeah. It's almost a, it, the the uh, your prayer, your relationship with God is almost your only relationship where you can really truly be that honest all the time. Very true. Mm. Because God's not going to take it personally. Yes. He doesn't he doesn't need your validation to help him with his self-esteem. Right. He feels good about himself. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to feel good about himself even though I sit down and say God you hate me. You're wrong. You messed me up. He's 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 not going to take that personally. I, I love that. He's going to yes. say, yeah, "Let me help you." True. Let me the the still small voice is going to say, "Well, let me help you with that." Yeah, Pour gotcha. it all out. Tell me more. That is such a great point to make, Van. Yes, we're not. We can't. We can't insult God. Like he's not going to get insulted and like take by it prayer. Yeah, he's heard it before. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Right, and he knows it already. Right. I think it's important that we bring actually those feelings to God mm-hmm. rather than not bring them to God and be off on our own sidebar, like getting bitter or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Being distant is a bad sign, mm-hmm. at least for me, like when I'm not praying and like that's the very dangerous for faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So how does what we learn from the Lord's Prayer work here with our petitions. Yeah. One of the things I think about with this, you know, the Lord's prayer, the main thing I think about there with the, how the petitions are, you know, they're, they're arranged in order where we're submitting to God and who he is and remembering him and our, that his will is key. And then we go to our needs. Right. Mm-hmm. And when it's a template to, he's teaching us how to pray, right? He's teaching us, the the way to ask mm-hmm. um and there's all of these promises both here where he's saying if you ask you'll receive right mm-hmm. just like this blanket promise and that kind of blanket promise shows up a bunch in john and first john um you know where he's just like ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you asking you'll receive whatever you ask yeah. in my name that i'll do yes um but it often is bracketed around you know if it's in the will of god yeah if you are abiding in me you know yeah. there's this relationship and mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. with god um and the, i think that's one of the things that when we're praying and we're praying the way that god is and jesus is teaching us how to pray um he is changing our desires to be more aligned with who he is yeah um, and so we actually do learn how to start asking things that are truly good. Yeah. And, and he does give good gifts. And so he gives those things because we're asking <laughs> for the good things. And so, um, I guess it's, for me, it's this, that he's, he's training us so that when we ask for something, he's like, totally, let's do that. Yes. I love, yeah, the John 14 passage that you you referenced that uh, if you ask anything in my, in my name, I'll do it. I think the context for there, you're right, is so important. The context is, you know, uh, don't you know me? You know, it's like, uh, and and he's making a point that that he's done things because the father has worked through him. And then you guys are going to do things because I'm going to work through you. Mm-hmm. And it's all going to be, aligned with God's will. And what is that will? Hallowed be your name. Mm-hmm. Like, let's glorify God in this world. Mm-hmm. And 
so yeah, I think there is um, an aspect to this that we, um, because God is the object or should be the object of our worship, not ourselves, our own desires, um, that uh, ties back in a way to James 1 with the double-minded versus single-mindedness uh, contrasted there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for all kinds of things, but the Lord's Prayer, I think, gives us a, a, a different framework for our petitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think also the Lord's Prayer is not pie in the sky either. Like, it's right. it's pretty practical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me your daily bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, needs. Like, God is not unaware that we need things. Like, don't be anxious, but seek first mm-hmm. God's will. Yeah. And we're not going to be able to do God's will if we're no, dead. <laughs> yeah, like, it's we shouldn't just be only, like, focused on, you know, spiritual things. Like, we do have physical needs. We do have things that we... Mm-hmm. you know, are obviously caring about. God is not disinterested in those things. He cares about all of our lives. So I think the Lord's Prayer, like while it does frame it really well and hits on super important topics about what we should be thinking about in prayer, but the needs mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's comforting knowing God cares. Yeah. <laughs> um, staying with the Lord's Prayer for a sec, uh we we covered this a little bit before, I think, in when we talked about the Lord's Prayer, but I just want to bring it up here because, again, he's talking about the use of uh, this word Father in verse 11. Is it this same kind of thing we discussed in the Lord's Prayer? Is there a provision here after all that, you know, what about the language of everyone in verse 8? What I'm, at, I'm getting at is, is it every one of his children or every one period that can come to God and ask for things and... Or are we looking at a John one twelve situation again that, you know, those who obey Jesus or, you know, ex- receive Jesus are, are called uh, children? Hmm. Well, I think that, you know, God is the father of every single one of us. He is. That's, a, that's an immutable fact. But whether or not we will carry ourselves like his children— that's the that's the that's the thing that's questionable, mm. and so I think when um, I think that it, the the answer to the question is God your Father. Um, from the standpoint of God to us, the answer is always yes. But if you're going to say is God your Father from the standpoint of us to God. That's the that's the part that um, we both have a little bit of control over, but also that's the that's the part that's changeable. That's the part that's: Am I going to carry myself like a child of God? Mm-hmm. Am I going to behave in that way? And it's what it's sort of what you were saying, Ryan. It's sort of everything that Jesus has been saying up to the sermon in the sermon up to this point. How are you on those things? <laughs> Are you are you living like this? Are you striving to live like this? If the answer to that question is yes, then God's your father. If the if the answer to that question is I'm struggling with it, but I'm really I'm I'm in the fight, then God's your father. If your answer to the question is ah, I'm too busy for all that, then you know God's not your father. He is, but you're not his child. You're not. You're not living in that way. What also I think is important is timing 
Jesus is talking to Jews right now. Mm-hmm. He hasn't died. He hasn't been raised. Mm. The Holy right. Spirit hasn't come. He's talking about these things because it's going to be coming, mm-hmm. but it hasn't happened yet. And I think I'm not, I'm not going to throw in any scripture to try to make a point because I haven't really dove into it. But I think I just, I totally believe that God is listening to every single person and mm-hmm. is looking for ways to help move them towards him mm-hmm. in any way possible. Like when I was just a, a mess, totally anti-God in every way, he still helped me mm-hmm. get out of my own self to come to him. Right. And I think he does that with everybody that comes to mm-hmm. Christ really at some point, you know, the spirit moves, but it's not sealed. And he's, he's trying to work to get all people towards himself. And when we seal that at baptism, it's, you know, it's a different relationship, obviously, mm. but mm. I mean, he cares about all people, obviously he's our creator yeah. and he sees everything. Yeah, I think there is an element here where we are created as image bearers. Everyone, Mm -hmm. everyone carries the image of God, every person. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right, there's a difference between whether that image has been restored and is being restored versus not. So if you're in Christ versus not in Christ, I think there's a difference there because there is the, uh, he is the final Adam. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I think um, sin defaced, de- defaces that image. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I do, I like what you're saying. We can ask him anything. And while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. So, True. yeah, I, I, I don't think I have too much to add. It's just that you see, you see the, what you were saying, Ryan, like you see the fact that God's calling everyone and he wants to hear people everyone and he is actively doing that and one of the ways i see it i just finished reading jeremiah and you just you get these points in the prophets where god is like railing or the prophets are railing against the enemy nations of israel mm-hmm. but then there's this like just comes at you and it's like but but they also <laughs> will be included <laughs> it's like whoa like i thought they were the enemy <laughs> But it's like, no, actually, God wants Moab and God wants um, the Philistines or whatever. Like Egypt often gets used as an example of that. Like even Egypt will come and worship the Lord. And it's like all nations. like there's a there's a vision for all nations here. And Mm. so all of us were distant from God at one point. And then we we called out and responded to God's call. And then he he heard us. So. I think there's definitely some of that here. Like, would you never tell a non-Christian, like, you should pray to God? <laughs> like, <laughs> I would never, I would never hesitate to tell somebody to do that mm-hmm. yeah. at any state, wherever they are. Yeah. No matter who yeah. they are. Only good things can come from asking God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I know we've used this scripture. I, I've used it a bunch when I'm studying the Bible with people and saying, hey, you know, ask, seek, knock. Mm-hmm. God wants to be wants to have a relationship with you. Right. I think it's true for uh, people who are seeking as well as people who have found mm-hmm. and are continuing to seek because you never stop. Well, I think we should wrap up this discussion. This has been really good. We we got into a little bit of 
um, where God is for us in prayer, uh, especially when we're suffering and how things don't always look the way that we think they should, but God still has a big picture and loves us. We talked a little bit about the context of the Lord's Prayer in here as well with what we ask for and how we ask and how the Holy Spirit is moving in our hearts to um, even change our desires so that they're more in line with God's desires. And the the framework of the Lord's Prayer is is great. Um, but we don't even, like, I love that we, you know, if you want to just say anything to God, he's going to listen. However you say it, you don't have to be, you don't have to sound good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. He, he wants to hear from you. So we've got uh, maybe one more episode on this, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll be getting into the Lord's Prayer and the and its context within the the Golden Rule. So that'll be a good discussion. Thank Can't you. Wait.